0: Welcome to the Business Simplified Podcast. You're listening to episode number six. And in this episode, I'm actually interviewing Jeremy Hassel from City Cave. And it's a really incredible story about how they sent out one email and got $400,000 of sales. Yes, you heard me correctly. $400,000 $400,000 of sales. Um, I've known Jeremy and his business partner Tim for a couple of years now and they're incredible guys and they do a lot of things differently in their business and it's been great to watch their journey as they've been growing their business and they've franchised and they've got more than a dozen franchisees on their books now but it's been amazing watching how they're just doing things slightly differently. They've just tweaked things and they're thinking a little bit differently and how much of an impact that's actually having on the bottom line of their business. So if you're interested in learning more about email marketing and simply even marketing for that case or you just want to know how on earth they sold $400,000 worth of services in one email – then this is absolutely an episode you want to listen to and I am so excited to bring Jeremy to the podcast as one of our first interviewees. Hi, I'm Tracy Leake and I've been at every stage of small business from struggling through to success. For the last 15 years, I've been coaching small business owners to have more profit with less stress in their business. This podcast is the how for business. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Welcome to the Business Simplified Podcast. Hey, just before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you to make sure you hit subscribe to the Business Simplified Podcast. What that'll do is it'll make sure it keeps the podcast in your library, so for quick and easy access, plus you'll get updates, notifications, letting you know when there's a new episode ready for you to listen to. So let's jump into the interview now. So, Jeremy, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, before we get into this $400,000 email, let's just talk a little bit about City Cave. So, tell me a little bit about, I know what City Cave is, but tell everybody else what City Cave is, what you do, and um, give us a bit of an overview of the business.
1: What is City Cave to the layman? Mm. Uh, Look, we're a pretty new brand and a new concept, so we're in the... We're a franchise that's in the health and wellness space, I would call us. Um, we do flotation therapy, infrared sauna, and massage. Um, some of those are quite new therapies that maybe a lot of the people listening haven't actually heard of before. But um, more so than anything, City Cave is just a, a place for people to escape and, and foster their own health and create a bit of a journey through health, essentially.
0: And you guys actually started that off, you and your partner, business partner, Tim, Started off, you had two City Caves before you franchised?
1: Yes, two City Caves.
0: And how many franchisees do you have currently?
1: Uh, we have 10 Yes. with another 10 opening <laughs> very soon before Christmas.
0: <laughs> and I think that's a good point to make is that, you know, the first time I met you guys was just before you started franchising and since then it's been awards central and, you know, really growing at exponential growth. Like the market has really taken on. City Cave and I think more now than ever people need exactly that, it's the escape and that's yeah. how you came up with the name City Cave, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's right. City Cave is, uh, cities, the man-made developed world that we live in and that we breathe, you know, this technology, everything's around us and we're almost, you know, f- it's forced into this world of progression, I would, I would call it. We've created it and it's, you know, superseding you know, our bandwidth and capacity in our brains. Um, so that's what we've created but we also need a balance to that because we can't sit there and i don't know if you've watched a tv for more than 15 hours in a row anyone's anyone listening that's binge watched on netflix it's really bad for your eyes it's bad for your head it's bad for a whole myriad of things and um so i suppose a cave is the naturally formed thing that we escape to to find respite and recovery and repair and that sort of thing
0: and just before we continue on maybe you need to explain fo- flotation therapy because that's probably the one that people That's the are like. What? What? What is that? The what is what that? do you do? <laughs> uh,
1: Basically, if you could imagine yourself lying in a um, senseless room, I'd call it. Uh, so you lay in four hundred kilos of epsom salts with the water and the air temperature the same as your skin temperature at about thirty-four and a half degrees. Um, there's no light, no sound, no nothing. Uh, so you can't really tell whether the water starts or finishes, which essentially puts you in this uh, alpha brain. Wave and um, gives you some really restorative rest, similar to meditation, but probably more enhanced and accelerated.
0: Yeah, I can absolutely recommend a floating. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the only place my brain has ever turned off. So <laughs>
1: <Same>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's get to this email. So tell us the story before you sent out the email to your database that we know, and you can tell the exact numbers, but this $400,000 email, which I think any business owner would be pretty ecstatic to have, hmm. but tell us about the lead up to sending out the email and what was going on and then what you were trying to achieve by sending out this email.
1: Yeah, so I, um, being a franchise system, we we consult our franchisees um, for particular things that will affect them. One of these things is something that came out in this email, so obviously we're talking around covid um, Nineteen and the shutdowns and things like that. And we had a, we had this um, idea of these COVID care packs um, sort of at the ready. Uh, we were going to launch it to try and, because our centres were starting to decline in revenue like everyone saw um, because of the fear in the market. And then we got shut down shortly thereafter. In between that stage, we had this, I came up with this COVID care pack idea um, and that was City Cave, doing our essentially our boxing day sale um, prices but doing it you know on the way out to try and sell some packs to support local to help our franchisees get through the tough times because we don't know what's ahead of us Um, I put it out there and we were coming into this stage where um, it was looking more and more like we were going to be shut down completely and we put it out there to the franchisees to say what do we want to do um, do we want to roll with it or do we want to pause? And um, the consensus of them was to pause, which was, I thought was the best idea. Me being a bit of a, an optimist, I was like, we're not shutting down. Let's just move forward. And then, um, you know, with a bit of sharpening of the pencil, I think the, the decision was made and it was the right one, um, which gave us also another two months to prepare this campaign. You know, when we were shut down, like I said, you know, we got to develop and focus on the business. I got some really cool artwork made up and some animation around the COVID care pack. We knew at some stage we'd be able to reopen. And the biggest thing was about us trying to find out when was the perfect time to launch this thing based on when we knew that we could open. Uh, So there's two things that I think were a major benefit to this, this campaign. One of them being that we sell health and people, we know, we definitely know that the one thing that helps fight coronavirus is a strong immune system. That's one thing that is a definite. The second thing was everyone here in head office fought hammer and tong to get open sooner rather than stage three. I think we we were blanketed in the stage three effect, which pushed us all the way to not being open until a month or so later. I didn't agree with that that ruling uh, because our experience is isolated. You're in a room by yourself. You know, we're clean in between each client and there's never any more than 10 people in a centre at any one time. So, you know, I, I can sympathise with the, the local councils and governments to say that they actually don't know what we do, which is fine. That's, so I thought I'd yell really loud to tell them what we did do. So I spent a long time doing that and we got a win Uh, luckily enough we got a win we got an okay um, from a few different directions which gave us the ability to get all of our COVID care practices in place and and then prepare for a a relaunch Um, we were very open and transparent with our industry as well we told our all the because we're the biggest in our industry we told all of our float partners as as you call them um, that we're opening um, so if you guys want to you know, have the solidity of a brand saying that well, these guys are open. Then so be it. Use that. We prepared this campaign that was sitting there, and um, um, and on the Thursday was the the launch of the campaign. Well, I had it there, sitting there in my arsenal. I've been waiting. I've been sitting on it. I've. It was probably one of my greatest campaigns. I would say I was so excited about it, and it's probably why it was so disheartening that everyone didn't want to do it when I. When I I had it produced because it's like, you know, a new art piece, you just have to show people what you've done. But it was good and we sat on it and, yeah, we launched on the Thursday morning. And, yeah, so I think what really happened is that no one else was allowed to be open and we were open unorthodoxly outside because we got to open midway through a stage that was already open. So there was no noise in the marketplace. It was quiet. You could hear the creaking of the ships. You could hear the harbor, the whistling of the wind. And then on Thursday morning the launch campaign went out at I think seven thirty AM. The Facebook ad started. We had we didn't have a very big budget behind it. I think each center put it in a couple of hundred bucks or something like that. It wasn't a lot. People, social media channels their inboxes we i mean we have forty thousand people on our customer database at that time everyone was sitting at home waiting wondering and wishing what the hell can we do and um we put our hand up and said well you can come and see us yeah so i guess what happened was like you said in in two days we doubled our highest grossing sale ever and with only one extra center so you can imagine what that meant to the franchisees what happened the franchisees got shut down for two months But our expenses stopped for two months, so no wages, No, we negotiated all the leases, we stopped all franchise fees, we did all those kinds of things. So the reality of the two-month closure wasn't a massive major impact to their business. And then across the average, we did a month's turnover in a day for our franchisees to come back into their business and get the wheels back on. And it's natural for everyone to have fear and be scared that, you know, potentially, you know we could what if someone contracts the virus and they come to our center or what if we get shut down again or is this campaign going to work or are people going to come back to normal what is the new normal um that's that's natural for people to have fear and i think for tim and i we had to be strong leaders in this environment yeah i guess just lead with that positive mindset and those and those positive foots and this was an example of it and not only did we fill up the bank accounts of our franchisees but we filled up the bookings for i mean where are we now september i'd almost say that most centers are midway through september so we launched it and was it july we launched the campaign, and our centres are booked through till mid September, and still climbing in revenue.
0: It's amazing. So, what was the actual offer? Because it wasn't like a thousand dollar offer or anything else, as well. Like, I think this is the power that most people miss. Was it was a really simple offer that people could just grab a hold of and could see the massive value of it. In fact, I would have said it was, you know, kind of on the cheap side of what you offered. So yeah. Tell us what you actually offered.
1: Yeah, well, it was on the cheap side. I mean, a, a st- Standard float um, averages around, you know, 50 to $60, something like that. And we were selling a three-pack for $99. So they came down to $33 each. We had a five-pack of saunas, which are normally $35. We sold five for $99. I think it was just those two packs, yeah, just those two packs. So it was hitting that critical price point of that $99 mark. I mean, people are on job seeker, $100 isn't a lot to spend. And if you think about it, if you bought five saunas, that's almost five hours of leisure time that you can spend on your health for one and, you know, your own mental state of being able to get out and do something. So it's it's it was a cheap transaction for the amount of time that you got to spend, but it meant the world to our franchisees because obviously we got to prospect a whole new customer database and then offer our product to, you know, already customers at a price that's affordable, giving them, you know, some relief from what's happened financially potentially for them as well. So I mean we didn't we we are kind of an, a luxury brand in that sense and we didn't want to bastardize ourselves but it was more of a we wanted people to actually get in and utilize our centers.
0: And when you think about it like it was it was more than $400,000 and if you said 10 centers I mean that's $40,000 of income on average per center and I don't know many small business owners which is what all the franchisees are Mm. that wouldn't be happy with one email out that produced $40,000 a business to kickstart back after what was considerably one of the toughest times most business owners will ever go through of being government forced to shut down which at the time I know I put it on social media and you liked it I went isn't it a bit of an oxymoron that in a health crisis we're shutting down all the wellness centres yeah you know, it was just insane. And I understand that there was a lot of things going on and I don't want to get political. But at the same time, what a great benefit for all of those people because all of those centres are real people with real families that needed that income to come in and just the confidence it must have built back into their business.
1: And, and to, to second that, the franchisees had the voice. They mm-hmm. actually decided when to pull the trigger. That wasn't me. If we, if I had it my way, I don't know, we would have done half the amount, and we would have done it two months prior, um, and maybe had some disgruntled customers because like you guys are shut down, you can't take this. So, you know, it was a collective effort. I think everyone had a hand in that, and I think that was that's. Although you're a small business owner in a franchise system, you have a voice, and you are a part of something greater. And everything that they did, they did for each other. And I guess you know we were just proud to be a part of it. I suppose.
0: I love that. Proud to be a part of it. I mean, everything you guys, got. And we'll talk about that a bit more, I think, because I, I love the culture of City Cave. But let's talk about the email with some specifics because my favourite line in that email that came out was, um, we were cleaning before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it, this is not the first time you've had some classic lines. Uh, I saw one for Father's Day the other day about, you know, that it's for cool dads and, mm. you know, like your email out to your database I mean I have people who know that I've done work with you who stop me and say oh I love the city cave emails like how did you come up with that because you put some humor in it you know as you said you have animated um, pictures in them you know you, you're happy to put some personality in it where I think a lot of business owners are, are very black and white with email outs you know they're, they're scared to add that personality factor but obviously adding some personality has worked because if someone read that, the COVID care um, email out, there was a lot of humour in it. There was a lot of practical things in it, but it was very different to any other email I've ever seen anyone put out. And so, I mean, the results speak for themselves. I mean, $400,000 yeah. $400, of sales, that says everything. How, how do you come up with that voice that you actually, because that's what an email is. It's a It's a personalised voice. You know, did you have a plan to come across that way? Is Mm. it because what you're doing is different. So, did you learn it from somewhere? Is it just something you gave a crack and it worked?
1: It's a good question. Firstly, um, I'll give the credit to Alex there. She um, came up with the cleaning before it was cool comment. So, I really liked that one. This is like in any retail business, in any business whatsoever. We assume this persona because we've read it or we've heard it once before. So it's like, hi, can I help you with anything? That's the easiest way to be shut down in a retail environment, is it not? I think it's the same thing in an email environment. Why are we talking to people like how we've read an email before in the past? I think you should. uh, I do. I do a spot in communication in our franchise training, and it talks a lot about. I go through a workshop and I say, okay, all right, go around the room. Who read me the last text message that you just got? Read me your last Facebook message you just got. Read me your last Instagram message you just got. And these are all people talking to their friends, right? And I think that when you do that, you actually expose something that we don't talk to each other in some weird Alphabetical language or textbook language or reading out of a book language we don't speak to each other like that we're more colloquial we do have personality we do try and land jokes where maybe it could be slightly on the cusp of inappropriate like we do those things because that's what makes I don't know, living fun and communicating fun and that's what you're doing generally when you're talking about email marketing is you're just communicating and it's in every form of the imagination I mean, what we do here in Australia probably won't land in America and maybe we'll get away with it in England, but you just have to speak to your audience. I, I, When I write them, I literally talk like I'm talking to one person. I embody or I think of the person that I'm speaking to and I'll type directly to them and almost like, oh, they're going to love this one-liner. It's bloody hilarious. So if you're feeling like that as you're writing it, then you're on the right track that's what i think if you feel like you're trying to embody this um head principal telling all of the students and the faculty about the new chessboard that's going in at lunch break then you're going to be met with that same spam or you're going to be met with the same i'll read you later or I'll click unopen, delete whatever um unsubscribe and then it becomes a bit of a game to open them And then you're front of mind and if it's a game and you get a little kick out of opening my emails, then you're getting my message every single time. So, I'm incepting something into your brain just with giving you a little bit of humor which is, it's actually a lot easier than what most people think because most business owners I know, it takes takes special people to be business owners and they do have humor in their arsenal. They are charismatic. They do have passion for their product and vision and things like that that come across when you sit and talk to someone or you text them or whatever it is or talk on the phone or in this podcast people have that as their i don't know in in their tool bag and and they never use it which is crazy when you're talking to your customers because your brand and your business is a piece of you and you were the one who greeted your first customer so that is something that will really foster and grow and your customer database and your audience is always going to be people that like you and that's just a matter of fact in business, I suppose.
0: And it's funny when I hear you talk about that, all that's going through my head is going, Jeremy, do you know how brilliant you are? Like, you know, and nobody else would see this. You just shook your head at mm-hmm. me. And it's like it seems this is why the podcast is called, you know, Business Simplified. It's so simple when you hear it. Mm-hmm. I have never heard anyone talk about that in that way. And I think the key is, is you have to be yourself. Like if... You, you know, I couldn't come out with some of the humour you come out with because it's not me mm. but it comes across. And, you know, you said that people, you know, are they going to open it? Every time I see it come in my inbox and I know you guys, I just go, oh, what have they done this month? You know, like I want to open that email which is something that most people don't do and, you know, I think that's probably also a step of why it wasn't one email that sold $400,000 worth. It was a combination of things. That just happened to be the message that people picked up on.
1: You're spot it's, on. It's, it's literally, it, it's pulling and gathering a, an audience and a database and a group of people that are hanging on some of the words or some of the things that you do. And as soon as it, as soon as it landed, they were like, oh, well, I'm a little bit bored and have some spare time. I'm going to open this. Or I can't wait to open this. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think you're right the same exactly like what you're saying like your, the way that you use your humor and you use your workshops and you use your um coaching tools and techniques i mean i don't have those skills and that's your brand and that's who people go to you for and that's you need to talk to people like that because that's who you are
0: mm, i always say the crazy tracy who talks way too much and too fast yeah.
1: <laughs> i think i got that from you actually I think that's my thing now
0: i think um you know When I hear that, the other thing that you do is you always put in an animated image and I think sometimes I open it just to see what image you've put in there, you know, Mm. some little funny thing that's in there and it's always kind of cool. Do you think that that's made a difference? Like, I mean, you must be getting a high open rate on your emails.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, So (laughs) it's funny when you look at the – it gives you like an industry average, uh, your average and then what this campaign performance was. And um, there were times when we were we were sitting up that forty five fifty percent range of open rate, and the average peer performance is like fourteen to twenty percent. And I was like, whatever we're doing, <laughs> we must be doing something right. So we'll just carry on. Yeah, I think there's I, I I don't know. Life's too serious all the time. I'm just trying to have fun with it. Like if I, this is this is in my bucket, and this is my realm. These are the things that I do in the business, and I, if I I just want to have fun.
0: Yeah, I think um. I think that's a clear message is understand who your customer is, but you know, that's exactly what everyone says in marketing. Understand who your customer is, but the clear message I'm getting from you is also understand who you are and what your brand is. And I think that's that difference. Like I often say, people do marketing to promote, like here's what I've got and they're pushing it out. Whereas I think the marketing you want to do is more attraction marketing where you say, Hey, here's who I am. And you attract the right people to you. And if, if you're not being yourself then you're not going to attract the people that like you and they
1: i think you've picked a, I think you've absolutely nailed that on the head because there is you pay for promotion you pay social media marketers you pay newspaper outlets you pay people for marketing when it comes to your customers these are my customers our 40 now 55,000 people in our customer database i'm not paying to be in front of them so I've got to be creative in how I retain their, you know, viewership and readership. Like that's, I, I think you're spot on in saying that like people go out and try and push a message and like, how can I get them to click this button? No, what your goal, what your goal is in this whole thing is to be number one in their email inbox and for them to think about you just once. Just take your all the files in your brain. If you were to stack them from front to back, you want to put City Cave, boom, right at the front. And by gathering a message or an audience or colloquial jokes that people can't wait to open, it just puts my file back at the front for people. Just putting it straight back at the front. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to make them click on anything specifically. I'm not trying to make them buy anything. I mean, that becomes a byproduct of being at the front all the time. But I think if that was the goal, if you just try and keep getting people to the front of mind in your emails and just responding to you, maybe putting a reply email in there for them I mean I'm doing a new thing now where I in my reply emails it's like oh, send us an email and I'll pre-populate half the top of the email and now that you know that you can go back through and click them because they're they're incepted everywhere all through the email so you can actually respond to me personally and to you know people at head office and I've pre-populated half the email for you so it's actually quite funny to read through what you're about to say to me Um, yeah so again it's yeah I think it's just about being front of mind
0: so where along the journey did you actually start collecting emails and start, you know, having an email database to email to? Did you do that from the start or was it something you picked up later? Or? Yeah,
1: no, we're pretty fortunate because to book in for any service, you have to give us your email address and phone number and all that sort of thing. And this is so we're, I think we're pretty lucky in that sense. I, I guess it's probably more challenging, I'm not saying impossible, but more challenging in a, um, in a retail space and maybe a food space it's not definitely not impossible. Did, to you be do, creative.
0: did you do email outs from the start, or did you have that email database for a while before you started doing no, an email out?
1: I've been doing it for probably three years.
0: Yeah, I just wonder how many business owners have a stack of emails and haven't actually been. Well, I can tell
1: emails. you, my, my, my parents' business, I was like, How many people are in your database? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Well, how many emails do you have from all the jobs that you've done? And I'm like, Oh, I, I don't know. And I was like, Do you have it in a spreadsheet? And they're like, No, and I'm like, Oh, you're. These are your customers, and you're not talking to them. You're not there. I mean, what? Uh, answer this question: What is the number one thing that's going to get someone into your business? Word of mouth. Well, tell the people that have used your business about your business again, so that they're your front of mind, at the front of mind, so that they can tell their friend again. It's like it's just such low-hanging fruit that I think people miss. I mean, it's easy to pay money to be in front of someone on social media or something like that, but to really capture an audience is probably yeah where the art comes in a little bit.
0: So I don't want us to go on forever. I like to keep the podcast short so people can listen to them. But I want to bring up something that you guys did through that COVID shutdown period that I think really shows who City Cave is as a brand. Like you see yourselves more as a family. But there was, I think it was in the first week or so of the shutdown that you guys at head office and then all of the franchisees, you decided that you needed to catch up socially. So I know every week you were doing you know, webinars and you were bringing guest speakers and I got to be one of those, which was fantastic, and to really help them. But I think you need to tell everybody about the Thursday night uh, episode that was supposed to go for an hour. Maybe just tell us this because I think this is really important for people to understand how much you can support and help each other.
1: Yeah. It was was actually quite funny because it felt like what it felt like when we opened City Cave the first time. I'll I'll tell that story just quickly. Tim and I basically you know come from construction so we we basically built the thing with our bare hands and we got to opening day and we're squirting squeed, squeed, squirting the silicon sorry around the last perimeters of people standing at the front so we can open the doors and let everyone in and uh, it was a bit of an open day and we got to that point when we were just about to turn the lock and open the door for people to come in and we were like shit i've never worked in a float center <laughs> um so we didn't actually know what we were doing and we did the same thing so we had the wine and cheese night on that thursday and i think we got to the wednesday and we we're like oh holy crap how you how do you host something like this like we can't just have a whole bunch of flaming galas in there just trying to talk over top of each other on a zoom call it's going to be impossible so what are we going to do and then we you know devised a couple of games and we got a host and then we yeah and then it just went absolutely AWOL and it was meant to be a cup, like a i think we started with a trivia. Oh, first of all it was a who's got the best cheese board um i mean i think that i won but <laughs> no one else did um and then we went into a trivia game and we tried i think we tried like a oh that's what we did we did pictionary um afterwards so you'd, we'd all scribble away and then hold our thing up to the camera and pick a winner and then it just got yeah it got silly Got really silly, and the, it became about like telling everyone telling their deep dark secrets and their stories from when they went travelling, and who's got a, who's got the most embarrassing moment story, and it was funny because after everyone was a little bit licked up, and we hadn't seen each other for quite a long time, it was like we were like kids in can in a candy store, and we couldn't wait to um i don't know see people again especially people that we were familiar with um so we there was a lot of divulging that happened during that time which was um interesting and um we will be coming out at conference almost every year year on year but yeah we 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 did quite a few of those and they were were a lot of fun a lot of fun it was just good to be with our franchisees i suppose like we were everyone was going through a hard time and we were just trying to be optimistic and just keep the energy up for the franchisees and let them know that they're not alone and that sort of thing yeah i said this a few weeks ago i I just struggle with business owners that aren't in a franchise system or don't have a good network of support around them because in those times man it must have been tough must have been tough and i guess people are still going through that tough period Mm, not us though
0: and you know this actually relates back to the email because I wanted you to tell that story because I actually spoke to you the next morning and you're like, oh, I'm kind of hung over our one-hour yeah. wine and cheese and a bit of trivia turned into five hours of, you know, silliness. But at the same time, that tells the story of the picture that I think this is why your emails are so successful because it's exactly what you're saying. Like you're just being yourselves in the brand and this is what you like behind closed doors talking to everyone so when it comes across in the email, it's very congruent hmm. because you feel like, oh, I want to be in that party. Like, oh, I was so jealous. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd been in the wine yeah. and cheese night. That would have been so funny. you done. Oh, like-
1: we would have learned a lot about you then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, it's amazing how much that progresses. And I think people have got so caught up in being who they think they're supposed to be in business. Mm, you know, you're supposed to be in this navy suit is the picture I always have with a red tie and supposed to be all professional and, everything else instead of realizing the world has changed you know and I think you know people don't know that but you know you're a millennial you know that millennials are bringing a new flavor to business that I think is so wanted and needed that it's okay to be yourself it's okay to have a business with personality you know most people are so stuck on being in that you know navy suit that they've forgotten what it is to bring some essence to their business and I think that's if anyone's listening and they're going what do I need to bring to my business? I think you need to bring you. Yeah. You know, bring yourself, bring your craziness, your silliness, your happiness and the thing that comes from City Cave is is that in that time when things were bad, you were caring about your franchisees and their their well-being, not just their business, and that comes across to all of your customers. Like here's our COVID care pack. You know, this is in that email you explained how a sauna can actually help your immunity how a float can actually help and so it was a no-brainer for people to go wow hold on this is this is here because you actually care Mm. and um i think that's something that you guys have done very well and you know i always say to people i'm so proud of what you guys have done you know i haven't done anything i've just been here watching along the journey but we're only
1: here because of people like yourself so oh well that's very kind
0: well thank you for joining us Thanks for having me. It's um, been fantastic and I would definitely say go check out City Cave. Um, Where should people go to find out more about City Cave?
1: Uh, Simple enough, just go to citycave.com.au.
0: Perfect. And, of course, they're on all of the socials. Oh, yeah. So to find those out as well. And if you're near a City Cave, I would highly recommend... Going into the centre, someone there will show you around, show you what the float is and the sauna is and absolutely booking for it. I would do the double combo, do a sauna followed by a float. That's the one. uh, It's called a
1: florna, by the way. A florna, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure that everybody will be very appreciative. So thank you very much. Thank you. Did you know that nine out of every 10 business owners complain that they simply don't have enough time? I believe that not having enough time is one of the greatest excuses that holds small business owners back from their true potential and the profits they deserve. We've all been taught our entire lives that being in business means working around the clock to achieve success, because business is supposed to be hard, right? I believe business should be simple, and this is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Time. I want to show you how to take control back on your time, how to think about time differently, And all with simple strategies that take no time to implement, so that you then have the time to create the success you desire. And the best part is, the program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.tracyleek.com/time, and we can get started right now.